Good, good to see you here today. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> well, let's take our Bibles this afternoon. Afternoon, turn to Luke. <clears throat> Luke chapter chapter eleven, and, and uh, notice notice one of one of the erased. Does you remember that one? We're working on uh, before we. Hey, what? Well, let's re- read our verses. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get acquainted with chapter 11, 11. We'll be reading at verse one through, through verse four. Luke chapter eleven. It, it came past that as, as he was praying in a certain <laughs> place when he feast, one of his disciples said unto him, to him, Lord, just to pray. Pray. John also t- so taught his disciples, and he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, done in heaven, heaven so earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive every one that is indebted to us. Lead us into temptation, but deliver us, deliver us evil. May God special blessing, blessing to the reading of it. Let's just pause, pause there before we go any further, further. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are an awesome, loving, majestic God. Thank you that you are listening. As we've listed up petitions since today, individual, corporately, Father, we know that you're listening, that you care, you're molding our wills into yours. Father, we would pray for each one that's here today. We ask that you especially be in their families. Bless them, Father. Father, your earnestness to come out and to learn more of you, to worship, praise your name, to lift it up on high. And Father, you know what each one of us needs. Your ways are higher than our ways. Father, Father, let us see more clearly than we've ever seen you before. May the word speak loudly through the Spirit. We would ask that the Spirit exclusively would be our teacher today. today. That we would be, would be leaning on you. Thank you, thank you for what you look these things, these things we ask his name. Um, there was, uh, as, as we've started this, this study, we've, uh, you, those of you who have been with us, each week, we actually are un- unfolding, hacking, if you will, will, has been described as, as prayer, or, or maybe more appropriately, the, the disciples' prayer. Uh, Luke chapter 11 is a little bit of an abbreviated form. You can find the other one back, which we've been look, looking back um, to fill it in its list, is Matthew chapter 6. Two, two very distant, separate, separate time zones, if you will. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was not asked a question. He revealed, literally, how to pray. Uh, Luke chapter 11 <laughs> it's cool, isn't it, that, that the disciples actually, actually after listening to Jesus pray, Jesus pray. Prayer had become very ritualized, a very, uh, should we say, just vague, uh, dead, uh, ceremonial with no, no power. And, and for those disciples to watch the Savior, who they didn't know was their Savior, watched him unfold, fold on prayer, it had to be amazing to listen to that, the effective Effectual fervency of, of Jesus Christ praying to, to the, the Father. And, and, and they won, if you will, Father and the Son. And this disciple, unnamed, but obviously asking for the group of them, teach us how to pray. <laughs> we've, we've watched what happened when you pray. You pray. We, we've watched how the world changes when you pray. Can you teach us how to pray? And I bet Jesus was, yes, I can do that. Do that. And that's what Luke chapter 11 is all about. So we, we're tearing it phrase by phrase. Phrase. The first, we're, we've left these on the side here. Um, there's a couple of 
or just maybe just one. We started uh, our fa- father. <coughs> is our source. Uh, think of him as the fa- father, closest this, that you could ever be to your father, even just be a beginning of a spiritual father. It, that word Abba, father, uh, daddy, just to, to know, know that that's who you're praying to. He is literally the source of everything. There's, the, the cool thing about going to God is there isn't anything that he doesn't have, or there isn't anything that you need that he doesn't have the ability to give. And he, and he knows what's best for you. Secondly, uh, uh, our, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The sense of his holiness. And this is a bit of a balance. As, as we look at him as our Father, Father, but also as kind of a, how, how incredibly holy, holy, above anything, anything we could think or imagine in the sense of his righteousness, his holiness. We diagnose that as sacred. So as source and, and sacred. Uh, last, week, last week we looked at thy king, kingdom come. His sovereignty. Uh, he is fully and completely needing nothing to continue to be exactly who he is. Today we'll get the fourth one. Our Father, which art in heaven, heaven, hallowed thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I said last week, sometimes we don't, we'd never say it. We'd never say it out aloud. But sometimes we prepare this way. Father, we're in heaven be thy name name we go through that my kingdom come my my done and and we go right in at what we know what we <laughs> right, right. god don't you see it you see it my way and it's now we, now we would never do those things a lot a lot obviously but it's amazing after per sometimes we could turn around and go back it sounded a lot like my kingdom come my will be done right uh thy will, will be done thy will be to be done what, what does that mean? How do we be keeping that in mind? Now, now, you're probably wondering, what would be our for that? I'm not going to tell you. You can think about it. These disciples, how do you... You just ought to pray. It would be, it would be like seeing uh, if, you, if you approach a locked gate. And sometimes heaven feels it's locked. It's like brass ceiling. They're quite really, how do we get the key in the lock and open it up? How do we get access? Really what their question was. How do we pray to actually, actually action? To effect, to get response, results. Now, one of the things I think it's important as we talk about thy will be done, let's for a moment just go to uh, John. Let's go to, let's go to the book of John for a moment. John, John chapter uh, uh, 5, or John chapter 5, verse 30. How important it was for Jesus to be looking at God's will. Uh, these are Jesus' words. John chapter 5, verse 30. John chapter 5, 5 verse 30. I mine own self thing, as, as I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father, which hath sent me. Turn back to John, John chapter 4, verse 30. John, John 4, 34. Now they've actually been on a mission, if you if you will, in verse eight of the same same chapter. Um, they they it says in verse eight chapter eight, chapter the disciples were gone gone away into the city to buy meat. They were buying food, and come back now. He's been talking to a woman, a woman at the well, and quite a discussion. 
And uh, in verse, verse 27, it picks this up, up. And upon this, the end of discussion, he came his disciples and marveled that he was a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come and see a man which told all the things ever I did. Is this not the Christ? That was a big statement in, a, in Samaria, that this being the Messiah, the Christos. Verse 30, Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now watch, verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples paid him, or asked him, saying, Master, eat, eat. They food. They've, they've, they've now returned. If they, they went to go get something to eat. He, he discussed with the Samaritan, Samaritan woman, the well. He's, it's like he's, they've come, come and everybody else is hungry, but he's not even, not even hungry. Right? <laughs> Please eat, eat. You, you, know, you need to eat. But verse 32, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore, said the disciples one another, any man brought him to himself? Did he go to Donald's and didn't tell us? I mean, did he, he go somewhere? Did he bring him something? What is on? And he, he responded, watch, this, this is the verse we're looking for. Verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, my meat, my food, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now that's being captured by thy will be done. Jesus led it to the max. Look at David, though, even in the Psalms for a moment. Psalm 40, verse Psalm 4, verse 8. And we know that David only had his flaws, his He's the only one that has said that, that he man after God's own heart. heart. Take a look at th- this psalm, chapter 40, verse 8. Now, I'm diving in. Lots of things going on in chapter 40, but I'm just diving in. It says here, I, David, delight to do, do thy will, O my, my God. Yea, thy law is within heart. <laughs> there is a cool, cool verse. You really can't do his will unless you know the word. Keep that in mind. There's no way you could possibly know God's will if you're in the Word. That's really even David is saying. He it was immer, he immersed in it. Therefore, that he knowing it loved to do it. That was from David. David's perspective. Well, this prayer that Jesus lived. As you as you go through the God, you find he prayed. He prayed for everything. He prayed about everything. The one remember, we'll be talking talking about later, but um, um, the night when she was betrayed, and he erst the the I can't even can't even imagine. I, you can imagine it from the words that are used to describe it. He literally prayed so intensely that he perspired with blood droplets. Whoa, that's intensity. He prayed again. What was it about? About in his will, line for the fathers. Now, again, he knowing that crucifixion was on, I wouldn't even say the horizon. It's, it's on the, it's really literally coming at a full speed ahead. He knowing, knowing, thinking of the, thinking of the, thinking of that, and he hated sin. He hated every part of it. And he knew that is why he was going, he was going to be on that cross. That it would separate him from his father. Now, think that. He knew all that pain. The conclusion was, not my will, but be done. And we know, actually, I'm going to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5 for a moment, looking at what, the, what this accomplished. Sometimes there's, there's many things through on, by, the, by the day that we have, there's that struggle, the thing that's heavy in our minds. Uh, the result of that may not be, be the way we would see it as being the best. But ultimately, when we place God as being first and foremost, first and foremost then literally, 
works out. Hebrews chapter verse 9. And being made perfect, he, Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Literally, because let God's will be first, that could actually actually happen. That we, that we would have. What if Jesus would have taken the route that we sometimes pray for? Lord, take me out of this situation. Make this situation pay. I want out of this. What if that would have, how Jesus would have taken that? We wouldn't be here today being able to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. It required a crucifixion. It required a, a death, a penalty, penalty that we cannot pay. And only he, being made perfect, as it says in Hebrews, could have paid full entire price. And he didn't take the easy way out. He took his wills is out the way. It's amazing that when we want what God wants, it's literally an expression of worship. I don't, I don't know how you worship God, but, but ways that literally, literally expression of that is, is we want what God wants. The worship. That is, it's a source of worship. Uh, one of the things, things that is part of sequencing is thy will done on as is in heaven. heaven. And we, we kind of blow right up, but how many things of God's will don't get done in heaven? Everything, everything in heaven is done to God's will. Everything. Now, on earth, we want to have to, well, we'll have to make a little bit of a distinction here today. We're not talking about God's uh, eternal purposes. Now, he defined before the world began, before, before he made anything, that he would, he would send kind to Jesus Christ. So it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. That could never be thwarted. Satan tried every possible way to push off, push off the sin of God. Redeemer, coming of woman. Of woman. It was described actually in Genesis, Genesis 3, verse 15. He, every possible way, he even tried to take Jesus out of the wilderness after he'd fast 40 days and 40, 40 nights. What a really good way, good way to try to take a guy off the ball. ball. To eat those rocks, rock, make a bread, right? right? right. Whatever's the most immediate need we have. Isn't that sometimes that's how we're thwarted from doing God's will? The most immediate need we have in front of us. Throw God's, God's will away to make it easier, more fruitful, fruitful or more profitable. Jesus never took any one of those avenues. And at the end, God's purpose, that is, his eternal purpose, was not thwarted in any way, shape, or form. Jesus died for a good, good reason. He died according, according to the will so that we literally be saved. Now, now that's, we're talking about those things can't be changed. But we're talking about there are our choices that we, that we have to make. God would, would all that we would, we would do. And the, and the Bible full of them, actually. One of them, we actually, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that we are to give thanksgiving, to be in thanksgiving all the time. The will of, let's just, just look at one of those. You can do, do this week at work. Is fi- finding verses that drive clearly, clearly what's God's will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, we'll just take a look at one. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, the, uh, the best way to line up, line up to be thankful, watch now. now. <laughs> Have you find yourself sometimes not being very thankful? I'll go ahead and raise my hand. It's sometimes very easy. I, I'm focused on things, the problems, the challenges, all of that stuff. And it's, it's hard sometimes to just say, hey, hey, you know, 
I got a lot, a lot to be thankful for. I'm so, so thankful that God is in charge. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I'm so thankful my future is fixed. I'm so thankful that I have eternal life because of what God set up to do through Jesus. Thanking him for faith that literally, literally it is mine. For, for by faith, for by grace, grace are you saved. And that is not, not even ourselves. You see, you can, I, can, I can on that. But look at this. Let's read verse 18. Then I want to go, go back. 18, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In everything, thanks. For this, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus turning you. Does it? Does anyone not? <laughs> so, so which holiday? I hate to use a holiday, but which holiday in the United States has become almost vacant? And and thanks. Both both of those acts really are are they have the just Christ in the sense and God thank, thanking God. Do you hear people thanking God very much anymore? Not nearly as much. But look at this. What puts us in the work of thanksgiving? Verse just in front of it. But 17. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> when you're praying without ceasing, when you're talking about, now that sounds almost, it almost sounds a little bit over the top. What do you mean praying without ceasing? How do we do, any, do anything else? You do it, do it with everything that you do. Just like breathing. Maybe when you walk through this church, you really have to focus on breathing. Now. Breathing now. I really, 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 really focus on breathing. Breathe in, breathe out. No, we didn't do that. Not one of, one of you thought about. I hope nobody's nobody's done. <laughs> you came in, you came in, and you visited, you fellowship, you sat down. Breathe was not on your body. That's exactly how that verse is literally described for us. Praying without ceasing, breathe. It's just like breathing. It's it's spiritually to be to be open to God to just share share everything with Him as you're going. Breathing, praying without ceasing. Let's go back to John for a moment. <clears throat> John chapter 6. And verse 38. <clears throat> Again, Jesus' words. Wanting to get just a feel for important God's God's will was to and obviously I will be done is is focus we have today. Verse 38, John chapter 6, 6. For I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but the, the will of him that sent me. Did you read that one? Almost seems, doesn't it? Do you, you think Jesus was enamored with God's will? You've got to believe he was. Now, the interesting part, this is, what, what is God's purpose for you? You've gotten saved, and the number one purpose was he wanted to get you a ticket to go to, go to heaven. Was that number one prior, priority? Please say no. No. It wasn't. That's, a, that's actually an accessory. That's a package deal. Because you know, the number one most important thing that God saved you was to what? Glory, and how, do you, how, is, how, is God, how is God glorified? By literally, literally, you become more and more like Jesus Christ. Every part that comes just a little bit more like Jesus Christ makes God get more glory. Because it's all about him. Okay? So, for you to become more, become more like Jesus Christ. Now, we've, we've just taken several passages, and there's numerous. go to how he prayed, prayed, lived about everything. I mean, he prayed, and he prayed, he prayed early, and he prayed late, and he prayed in the middle of the day, and he prayed in the mountain, he prayed in the... He prayed everywhere. He literally prayed without ceasing. Now, here's the, here's the cool thing. The more that you become like Jesus Christ, and that's God's goal for you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He is not going to quit working on you until it's finished. And you should say, amen. <laughs> or hallelujah. So, so, as he needs to work on you and become a little bit more like Jesus Christ, guess what? You're becoming a little more interested in doing God's will. You're being a little bit little conformed to doing exactly what God would want you to do. To do the more you look like Jesus, Jesus Christ, the more interested you did you are in having God's God's will in your life. Isn't it true? That's exactly right. 
the Holy Spirit changes you from the inside, again, utilizing Word of God. Let's, let's go to Mark chapter 35. I, I'm sorry. If you go to Mark 35, that one's heck, because we don't have one of those. Go to Mark chapter, chapter 3, chapter 3 and 35. Now, look at this. Is, this is very, very interesting. <clears throat> we'll start with 34. So, talking, Jesus literally describes who is his family. Verse 34, chapter 3 of Mark. He looked around and about. On them which sat and said, Behold, mothers and my brethren, for, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. <laughs> is that true? Absolutely. absolutely. The family of God, God should be interested in doing only God's will. Thy will be done would literally, you could say it, your will, let it come. Let it come. Let it happen. This, this world, at as is your world. That's a, that's a great picture because we know in heaven, we now know what's going on in heaven. We you have pictures, we have, we have images of what the Bible describes for us. But, but literally, when you think about, about God's will in heaven, there's nothing that's not being accomplished immediately. Right? His will is unfolded immediately. That's why, why when we say, "May thy, thy will, thy will, kill, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven," as you think about all of that being done in heaven, heaven, we should be praying, praying effectually about wanting that same, same effect on earth. Why? Let's go to Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three it fits in with how we should be thinking. Colossians chapter three. Let's take a look at verses one and two. Oh, before you do that, do that uh, uh, you probably Philippians. Let's go, let's go to Philippians 3, verse 20. Now, the word in the King James is conversation. Another word for that is citizenship. So let's watch this. Philippians chapter 3, and verse 20. Philippians 3, 20. 20. Conversation or citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a citizen of heaven... You should think and act differently. Now, we say well, we're a citizen of the United States of America. Uh, sort of. You're going to live a whole lot longer where your where real citizenship is after you've come to, come to Christ, and that's heaven. So our citizenship is in Let's take a look now at Colossians chapter 3, and let's take a look at verses 1 and 2. Talking about where should our affections be. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1. 1. If you can be risen with Christ, if you've been saved by Jesus Christ, see those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. In other words, look for the, those things which literally are in heaven. Then set your affection, verse 2, on things of not things, on things on the earth. Doesn't that make perfect, perfect? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are some ways that will respond to God's will. And these will seem a little bit maybe foreign, really. But even from the Christian community, one of them that really, you can still tie it, tie it. You can say you've been in prayer. You, you can be, um, should we say, you're, you're in the practice. You get in the pattern. Well, before I go any further. One of them to God's will is a bitter resentment. In other words, nothing you can do about it. God's going to do what he's going to do, and there's nothing I can do about it. 
I'm not happy about it. Okay? Have you met, have you met people? Fun to be around. Fun to be around, right? <laughs> That's, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Even if they think they had a, they had a good day, because it was, was held in misery, right? In other words, in charge, and I don't like it, and there's nothing I can do about it, rawr, right? It's actually quite like that. I think Satan, very arrested in that, that sort of a thing, is not had a good, had a good day, have, nor will he, will he have, there's no future. Think of that. Not very long. That's long. That's enough. Don't anymore. One, I'd like to spend a little bit, a little bit of time. In other words, they, they, they would see life as a chess game, game, and God is the one making the moves, and you're just basically an inanimate chess piece, and you just come and go, and there's, it, just, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. There's another way that Christians actually become engaged in this, in this with maybe recognizing it without even maybe stating it, but what we could call passive resignation. In other words, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, yes. I suppose we should pray, but you know, God's will—it's gonna—he's gonna—he's gonna once. Gonna, I mean, that's, that's happens. We know He's in charge. He's in charge. We know He's sovereign. We know He's the deal. So, oh, uh, uh, right? C'est la vie. Excuse me. C'est la vie. La vie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. What? It's, it is. It is. Wins, right? There's nothing we can, we can do about it. Is that okay? Okay? No, no. No, that's not okay. That's not okay. In fact, it makes no sense whatsoever. Let's take a look at a, at a passage of scripture that we've talked about in kind of lighthearted. But I want to go to the passage itself because there seems to be this sort of a passive resignation. Um, I'm just, I just, you know, God's going to do it. Uh, we're praying, but it really doesn't matter, matter what we do. It really doesn't matter, matter what we pray. It's just, it's going to happen, it works out, but we're going to go ahead and put our time in. Okay, let's watch this full. Let's, let's go to chapter 12. Now, you know this past passage, uh, the deliverance of Peter. Okay, now, he's been in jail, jail before. This is a little different, different mix, though. I want to just build this, build this scenario more. Um, the times that he's been in jail before, it was almost like an instant release. And with others, he had, he had friends. Okay. And, and there's thing about having friends in a place like, like jail that makes it e- easier to be there. And it just does. But this time, he's, time later, he's alone. In fact, we'll talk about that in a second. But the first two times he was in there, it was almost like, like instantaneous release. I mean, like, God in I mean, boom, that night. Boom, it's open, gone. It would be, be pretty, pretty quick. It's like, whoa, that's, that's all. I like how this is working. It's not like that. This time's not like that. Let's watch it build. Uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod, king, stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. That's called, called persecution acts. And he, and he, James, the brother of John, with the sword. Oh, that's not, that's not great. Okay. okay. And because, because, verse, he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter, Peter also. Then, then were the days of unto bread, bread, or Passover is coming. And when he had apprehended him, he, he put him and delivered him to four quartirians of soldiers to keep, keep him, intending after Easter or after Passover to bring him for the people. Okay, so he's got him, and it looked like probably about a week, of, a week worth of time. So, so if Peter thought he was going to get out the first night, oh, that didn't work that way. This one's the real deal. In fact, he knows why he's there. No question about it. In fact, in fact, people know about this. You can tell exactly what Herod's plan is. He's, he beheaded James, the brother of John. 
And he saw how it should please the Jews, so he said, you know what, I'm going to grab Peter and we're going to do this thing. We're going to let this past thing get out of the way, and then, and then we'll bring him up. We'll do the same thing in front of Jews, and I will, be, I will be another instant hero. Hero. That's from Herod's perspective. So, so Peter said, the church knows that. that. That four groups of soldiers, literally, literally, you talk maximum security, this is real. There's four shifts within a day, and there's 16 men that are, are signed to this one man. There's four, four at a time. Two of them are ch- chained him at all times, and two, two of them are watching, guarding. <laughs> That's called maximum security, because you know why? Herod was very acquainted with the fact the previous two times that they tried to put this man in prison, he got out. <laughs> and nobody figured it out. It's God. And you know what? The, what the scene didn't have anything to do with, to do with him again. Right? It's pretty cool. Let's keep, let's keep going. So Peter is in prison. He's got people chained to him. Verse 5. Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made, was made without ceasing urge unto God for him. For him. Now, that sounds cool, doesn't it? It is awesome. They are, they are praying with ceasing. This is, this is fervent prayer. They are, they are praying around the clock. Sounds fantastic. What, what do you, now, what do they think they're, think they're praying? <clears throat> praying? What do you think they're praying? It would seem rather obvious. I mean, it doesn't tell us, but, but what would you think? Peter's in prison. They're praying. Let's get Peter, Peter out of prison, right? Let's not, ha- let's, let's save, save his life. God, would you save his life? You've already lost James. That was a huge blow. Huge blow to, that was basically the first, uh, one of the first disciple that was killed. And now Peter's, Peter's next. You can just see it. They're praying for his release. Let's keep going. When Herod would have brought him forth the same night. <laughs> See, it's almost like this is, this is, this is a, the parade in advance. Uh, you know, let's get this Passover thing out of the way. Okay? You know, Jews have their deal and deal and have a really awesome beginning of the week. week to fall. We're going to bring Peter out, out and we're going, who knows, knows what. Maybe just head him just like we did, we did James. Ah, but we're going to end this deal. We're going to make this church thing go away. away. Which was going to be the, going to be the next day. Yeah. Now it's obvious because it says when Herod would have brought him forth, this the same night, Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers. Do you think Peter's feeling okay? He's, he's, he's not released, is he? He's literally sleeping between these two guys that are chained to him, right? I got to love that. Now, Peter knows what's going to happen tomorrow, right? He's probably going to see Jesus quicker than, than he thought, right? Let's keep going. Bound with two chains, they weren't taking any chances. They got a chain on each one. And the keeper for the door kept the prison. So we have this incredibly maximum secure position. Verse 7. And behold. Uh, behold. Behold is a cool word. It's like, every change is right, right now. <laughs> the, the angel of the Lord came upon him, him and a shined in, in the prison. And he smote out Peter on the end and wake him up. up. <laughs> hey, Peter. 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 <laughs> right? Sound asleep. Raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. The angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and put your belt on, and bind on your sandals. Put your shoes on, and put your belt on. And so he did. did. He saith unto him, Can him cast thy about thee, and put your coat on, and follow me. And he went out and unfollowed him, and wist not that it was true, which was by the angel. He thought it was a vision. In other words, he's thinking he's dreaming this. <laughs> you know, does this, does this have happened before in a different, different way? I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I mean, it's, it's easy. I mean, another angel, this is so cool, but it, it, it couldn't be true. Have you ever sometime? Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. So sure enough, 
he thinks it's a vision. He thinks it's a dream. It's a dream. Verse when they were past, past the first ward, second gates, they, they came to the iron gate that leadeth into the, into the which was opened to them of his, of his own accord. And, and they went and passed on through one, one street, and forthwith the angel depart from him. In other words, he's taken out of the inner maximum security. His, his got all of the prison, came to the city gate, it opens up, and now he's off the street, and all of a sudden the angel's on. Now, who came to get Peter? The angel. Okay. Who got the angel? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer got the angel to go get Peter. That's what happens. Because if we're praying, right? We're expecting anything that. This would be passive resignation. I'm going to put him in my prayer, but I know he's a goner. <laughs> right? Let's keep watching. Let's keep reading. Peter was come to, come to himself. And they're like, hey, this, hey, this is not him. He said, I know of a show of a show. The Lord hath sent his angel. Angel hath delivered me out of the hand, hand of Herod. And from all the expectations of people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he's thinking, well, what do I do next? He came to the house, house of Mary, the of John. Then that's John, whose, whose surname worked. That's the guy, that, the guy that wrote the book of Mark. Where many were gathered together praying. Now, it is thought that that's probably the place that the last supper took place. The same home. This was up the place that prayer was, prayer was happening, kind of where, where the church was being held in this persecuted time. Okay, so and Peter would have known that he would have known exactly where it was. He's woke, if you will. He woke up, up from not being asleep, even though even though he was, and he says and he says, "Whoa, I'm going to go." Okay, okay, he's going to go to the place that he knows that the church, if you will, those close to him would be gathered. And Peter knocked at the door, verse 13, of the gate. A, a damsel, young girl, came, came to heart named Rhoda. He knew Peter's voice. Voice, interesting. She knew him by sight only, only by his voice. She opened not the gate gladness. She, she was so excited and ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Now, this is important. What were they doing at that very, very set for, for Peter's <laughs> Don't you love it? It's almost comical. This is almost comical. And they said unto her, you're crazy. But she constantly affirmed there's even so. Then said they, it must be his angel. How, how hard would that be to believe? Obviously believe in guard, even guardrails. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be easier for Peter to show up since up since that was your release than a ladder of his guardian, guardian angel knock door? And why would he not? He knock and just step in, wouldn't he? <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> they couldn't believe what they were praying for. But Peter continued knocking. <laughs> if he thought he was ever, ever going to get in. And when they had opened the door and saw, and saw they were astonished. That word, what I want to, they, they were astonished. They, they could not believe what they saw. And yet, they'd been praying for over a week. They had been praying unceasing for a week. They couldn't believe, believe what had just happened. That, friends, is literally a passive resignation. We're going to put our time in. We really don't know if it works. We know God does whatever he's going to do. It's all sort of, yeah, it just happens. Is not what, what prayer is about. Theirs brought the angel that brought Peter, that brought him to them. That's that's the actual prayer. That's the prayer that Jesus, that Jesus talked about. Yeah, just just turn back. Um, that, that, and what, how would we say that? Say that. That would be praying with zero expectation of it happening. I think there's a lot of Christians that are really that way. I'm just going to pray. <laughs> and if I don't expect anything, then I really don't feel, feel disappointed if it doesn't happen. But 
Because God's going to do whatever he wants to do. Is that what Jesus taught? Why would Jesus, if he hasn't been prayed then? Why wouldn't she just, she just, see what I'm saying? Makes no, no sense. <coughs> one more quick, more quickly, there's one way, and that's a theological uh, reservation, and that is if you're a hyper-Calvinist and you believe that everything has been fixed in advance, every single possible choice has been made before, really prayer has, has, there's no place, it doesn't fit. I don't know how it fits, which means that your theology is wrong, because prayer is very, very, very visual in Jesus' Jesus. And then all of the scriptures scrip- about prayer, pray, pray. In, fa- in fact, let's go to Luke chapter 18 for a second. For a second. Luke 18, and let's see Jesus, he's going, he's going talking about a parable. We're looking at that in just a moment. He spake a parable, this is Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always say and faint. It's it about that simple, isn't it? We're not praying, you're fainting. Excuse me? Never give up. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. Pray and never give up. And act like it. <laughs> because that room full of people, people unceasingly praying for Peter's, Peter's release, you can't tell me they believed it was going to happen. Because everything shows that it didn't. Why should we be? We be? Exactly. Exactly. We're blessed. And you know, the, really, really, we're so blessed to be able to have access to him. And that's what this little parable is about. We're going to take a few minutes. We're going to just dissect this for a moment. Jesus uses, he's arguing from the worst to the best. Okay? That's up some players within the parable. And he's trying to make, make sure that these, these, his followers, will absolutely pray every single moment of their lives. Literally, literally just immerse themselves in, in the access they forgot. So, so let's watch this whole. Luke 18, we'll start in verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Saying, verse 2, there was in a city a, ju- a judge, which feared feared not God, ne- neither regard. Now that's about the worst kind of judge I could possibly imagine, right? Think about it. He, he doesn't fear God. There's no interest with God. But God wants or need. He's not interested in anything about God. God okay? He doesn't even believe there is, there is one, so he should really be a judge, judge right now. Because what is... What is what happens when someone, someone says there is? He is described in the Bible as a fool. fool. Okay. The other thing, it's even worse. No, it couldn't be worse. But it's just about on the same thing. Is he really didn't care about, about man. He cared about his fellow man. So you've got a guy that cares anything about God. He doesn't, he doesn't care about fellow man. How would you... You're right. This is as bad as it gets. He's only out for apparently himself. Now, that's a... Is that a new thought? Oh, it's pretty ramped, ramped. It isn't. Our is built that way, that way right now. Yeah, dictators. Little ones and big ones, right? And right now in the United States, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Here we go. Verse 3. And the widow in that city. In that city. Now stop. What does a widow, a widow have? What, what do you know about a, about a widow? In this? Nothing. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. In fact, if you were this, a judge, um, they, um, they would have, wherever they were practicing, I shouldn't practicing, um, but they were doing their, their, in their jurisdiction, tent. Okay? And inside this tent would have been the judge and then, then his assistant. And then you had to have a, what should we say, I shouldn't say a, say a form, but you had to have the right, right. Now, you, anybody could, could come, come around. I mean, it's not, 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 nothing, nothing like that. But to have your case heard, you would have had to have had been accepted by the judge or one of those assistants. You would have had to have made a plea that was accepted. 
Okay? Now that's where Woods didn't have anyone, anyone, anyone one case. There was no way, and they, or happened often, often that those assist, assist arrived. If you if you pay enough money, you could you could get on pocket. Could get before before the judge paid the assistant assistant the right amount of. What do you know about a widow? Not a chance. Not a chance of that happening. So you, right right out of the box, you know that this, this widow is at a horrible disadvantage to even, even her, let alone alone to get any re, response. Let's keep, let's keep going. There was a widow, and she came unto him saying, "Avenge me of mine an adversary." So obviously she's in, she's in trouble. There's someone that's trying to take advantage of her in some way, and he would not for a while. He didn't have any time time for her. But afterwards, he said himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet, because this widow troubleth me. She is just so, what's the right way word? She never gave up. <laughs> she, she was there. You can just see, see it, can't you? Oh, it's her, it's her again. Probably we was talking outside of the tent. Oh, judge, I certainly would. And that voice would start, start, right? Right? And and all of the, of the time, she literally really wore him. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, the squeaky wheel, yeah. And that's the one that gets the, the grief we talk about that. <laughs> this kind of same sort of, of a, in fact, this may be the parable that received its, its, its beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> squeaky wheel. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continually coming, she weary me. <laughs> now, did he do it for the right reasons? Of, of course not. Of course, of course not. Now, why would Jesus use that, use that up for continuing to pray all the time? Does, is he lightening God to be like this judge of what you have to whine at him? You have to squeak? No, 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 no. He's got that to set up in contrast. He's literally from the least to the greatest. So what, there's three contrasts that we have in here. First of all, obviously, it would be the sort of praying. Pray, painting. Uh, and quite simply, if you're not praying, you're fainting. You're fainting. You're falling apart. Apart. You just lose it. Now, how many of you uh, have, have ever fainted that you recall? Okay. What did it feel like just just before you did? You couldn't do anything, do anything about it, could you? No, you just, you just now for me, for a reason, I can watch him take out of me, but I cannot watch somebody take blood out of <laughs> like when we got our our marriage license. I just about hit the floor. Now they, not a problem with me. They took it out of Lisa. That was not good. And in fact, in fact, the nurses, all right, you okay? I'll be fine. <laughs> but I wasn't fine. And that's the point. You know what? When you're fainting, there really isn't anything you, you can do about it. And literally, that's the difference. You're either praying, being touch with God, God, you're ceasing, you're can you're committing, you're, you're seeing, seeing access, you're turning, turning the key lock so that you have, you have everything that you need from Savior from God's perspective, or you're literally fainting. It's one or the other, the other. It's, there's no in-between. Isn't it true? When we're not praying, what are we doing? We're making that problem a lot bigger <laughs> and become a lot, whatever you, you want to do, but you know, you're, you're fainting. You're fainting. That's the first contrast. It seems incredibly clear. The second one is the fact of the widow versus what I'm going to call the elect. If you've trusted Christ as to save, you are, you are the elect, the saved ones. Now, let's talk about this. What we talked about for a moment, the fact of what the widow didn't have. And what was that? She didn't have any rights. She didn't have any support. She didn't have any, any advocate. She had no one, one looking out for her. Totally on her own. On her own. Now, let's come back. With you, Christ. Oh my goodness! 
Oh my goodness. Go to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. Ephesians 2, 18. No, I was, I was in Philippians. That's not going to work out. Just a second. I get, I get to Ephesians. That's not a verse that made any sense because it was in the wrong book. Uh, Ephesians 2.18. For through him, that, that's through Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now think of that. If you're, if you're, if you're the elect, you talk about position. Talk about access. This widow had no way to get to that judge ultimately. We have every opportunity, every point of access to get to, to God. Chapter 3, 3, verse 12, same, same, uh, same, same book. Ephesians 3, verse 12. Watch this. Watch this. According to this is verse 11, verse 11, the eternal purpose which he, which he purposed to Jesus earlier, we talked, we talked about, he decided, he decided his purpose before he made anything. You'll find that in chapter 1, verse uh, 4, 4, I believe it is. Verse 12, in, in whom? In Jesus Christ. We have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Totally different than this judge and this widow. But not only that, she was no friend, and there was no in the court, but turned to First chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 1. We have an advocate. We have a, an attorney, if you will. I even hate to say that word in, in, in interest to Jesus Christ, but he, but he is truly our defense attorney. He's our advocate. Verse 1, verse 1, chapter 2, 1 John. My little children, 1 John, John 2, 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Who? Jesus Christ, the righteous. Whoa. Also our high priest, Hebrews chapter 2. Now your advocate, he's your high priest. You don't need any other priest if you have Jesus. He's our high priest. Chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. And 18. Hebrews, Hebrews 17 and 18. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to, to, make, to be made like unto his brethren... That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things, things to God to make re- reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor those that are tempted. You talk about a high priest. He's not only, only a priest. He's one that, one that was in the same way we are and we are and come to him freely, openly, and with, and with us. Contrast between the widow and the elect. There's also prom- promises. This book is full, full promises to those that are in Christ Jesus. How many promises did that widow have? Widow have? She, had, she had nothing. There was no, no promise. The only pro- promise was that no one would hear her. We've talked about it, about it in a sort of about way. She came into the court of, law, court of law, but we can come right into the throne of grace. We have access to the throne of grace. That contrast between the widow and the elect is really big. But the one that is bigger is the fact this judge, this godless, I would say just the epitome of why would he even be a judge? There's nothing, there's no quality that I can see in him at all. The contrast between him and the father, our father, father, the one that cares, that cares for us, knows everything we need before we even know, even know it. He has every resource imaginable. That's on to say in, in Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 6, verse 18, sorry, chapter 18, verse 6, Luke. The Lord said, hear, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, 
which cried day and, day and night unto him, though he bear, bear long them, I tell, tell you, avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, one of the things that you probably are saying, wait a minute, I've been praying for this situation, whatever God knows it, the one that's really back of your head that just, ooh, it's there all of the time. Say, speedily? <laughs> I don't know about that. I've been praying a long time. I've been praying without ceasing about it, and it just doesn't seem to happen very quickly. Well, uh, Warren would be... I, I, I can't quote I got from, got from him today. God's delays, delays are days of inactivity, but of prep, of prep. Always answering prayer. He's always answering that prayer. What he's doing is probably getting you ready <laughs> to be able to hand, handle the answer to prayer. Very true, isn't it? In fact, it says in Romans chapter, chapter 8, 20, if this was not true, then you could have Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 20. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. If God, if God wasn't working all of the time, then that verse, verse couldn't be there. But how often do we say, just because we can't see what he's doing, we don't think he's doing anything. We call it the waiting room. It's not because God is doing things. He, he's active all of the time. He's working on thing, things all the time for our benefit because he is the father. We are the elect. We are really his sons. We are sons of God because of the relationship we have we have Jesus Christ. So when we say, say thy will be done, as we, our wills along with his. And I don't, this came many months ago, but I just saw it one day is my will being, when I'm praying, when I'm praying, when we're praying without ceasing, literally my will is being, being melted in his will. It's a perfect place, and they're blended together perfectly. I can't, when I, I can see only his will, not mine, when I can only see his, then I'm a lot close, closer to being ready to the answers that I've been praying. Because his will is, is number one. In fact, I'll bet you're about ready to find, tell me what the four S is. His will is superior. Superior. Thy, thy will on earth as it is in heaven. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20, 26. Let's go to Savior in action. We've made a allusion already, but I want to see his, how, what he does, but also what he says about those that are not engaged on that same time, his disciples. Matthew chapter, chapter 26, and, let, and let's go... Um, We'll just, we're going to start in verse 31. It's kind of backing up further than I originally had thought about. But this will work. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. And saith Jesus, Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. Now they've just finished, they finished the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper, the time of communion, the last time they're together as a group. They didn't know that. Jesus did. And he speaks, speaks now. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, All men should be, should be offended because he, yet I will, I will never be offended. <laughs> I love, love enthusiasm. His follower was, right? And we're going to find out why in just a second. He, was, he had a great attitude going in. And Jesus said unto him, verse 3, Verily or truly, or truly I say, that this night thou shalt deny three times or thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also, also said all the disciples. They're all together. They're standing with you to the very end. 
Verse, verse 36. And cometh Jesus with Jesus with them in a of Gethsemane. Saith unto the disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith he to them, My, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, evil, even to death. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further, there fell his faith and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, as thou wilt. He cometh unto the disciples and finds sleep. And he unto Peter, what, what? Could you not watch with me, with me for one hour? Did you see what watching was? What was watching? Praying. Praying. Watching and praying. Verse 41. Now watch this carefully. Watch, pray, that you, you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away the second time, prayed, saying, O oh, my father, has cut me not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will will be done. He came and found them asleep, sleep again, for they were heavy. He left them again and prayed the third, the third time, same words. You know what happened when he prayed three times about this, making sure, God, you are number one. Your will is more important than anything else going on. I know, I know, I know before me, me I just do not have, not have it. I hate sin. There's nothing, nothing of sin. There's nothing. It's so, ah. But if there's any other way, I'd be all for it. Right? That's what he's saying. And he said to the disciples, watch and pray that you all not into temptation. Jesus prayed, was betrayed, and won the victory, the triumph, by going to the cross, doing God's will. What happened to Peter? He failed. 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 The temptation, it was easier to walk away from Jesus than to be a associated with him, that temptation won because he hadn't prayed. Disciples all fled, fled, they took off. Said, what did they say? say we're never leave you. You, you see, do you support in this is right here? When we're not praying, it's so easy to fall into temptation. Whatever that is, that is praying, praying, that's why it's, it's said, pray with, with, Wow. What a lesson for us. There's a verse in James that seems it says the full fervent prayer of a righteous maileth much. They use Elijah as an example. I think of that, you know, he was he prayed and he says it wasn't gonna rain for what three years? Three and a half years? I don't remember now. It was a long time. That's a prayer, isn't it? I wonder how many believe believe that I know he did. No question about it. In fact, then at the end, right, when it's gonna start raining again, remember that? He told he told uh, what's his name? name. He said, better get back. You're gonna, it's going gonna to get too muddy. I won't even be able to, get, be able to get back to your palace. So you better take off now, right? So he goes up and he has his servant, servant and he prays. And you can just see, just see the feel of the fervency of Elijah. Can, Elijah can. You can feel all in the script. In the script this guy just, just, right? He's, he's, he is prophets of Baal. They Baal, they didn't have a chance. One guy against 900. Not a chance. He wins every time, right? That's who Elijah is. And he prays and he says that the Lord would bring rain to the land. Prays, sends his servant out. What do you see? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Which has been the same for about three, three and a half years, right? And who's not believing right now? Maybe I don't know. It's not stated, but his servant probably is not a big believer. Maybe. Wow. I mean, he's got hopes. That's good. Okay. Second. So he comes back. Back report. Back. I don't see nothing. Second time. Praise. What do you see? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Hits his knees in. Praise. Uh, I'm going to do the number seven. Seven is what's going to happen. Number seven, the seven, the servant. Why am I doing this, right? And he said, I'm the, I'm the son. He says, 
There's a cloud just size. What was what was what was like, like a fist? What, what, was the, what was the term that was used? Very small. He says, let's go, because it's going to start raining really big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, there's a man that believed what he, what he was saying. Make no mistake about that. That's not passive. That's get, getting into your... Now, did you see that also? How long do you think Elijah would pray? As long as it took. Until it rained, because because God had said it was going to rain, and, and He said, "Well, I just pray more. I need to pray, pray hard to whatever." Okay. okay? Now, the other thing I, I was thinking about, I won't take you to the verse. Um, it's in John chapter twenty-one. But you know, we talked about Peter. Remember, he was asleep between two chained souls to that to him. To him, and how could he be comfortable? How, he knew tomorrow what it was going to be, and granted, he, he knew where the future was. It was it was Christ. But the thing that. that what Jesus told look first. Let's go to John chapter 21. There was something that Jesus had told him, him that he, he was hanging on to. John chapter 21. I'll see if I can find the verse quickly. John chapter 21. And this is after Jesus literally asking Peter to feed his... How much do you love, love me? This was this, this whole, whole thing to bring Peter into the fold, if you will. And... Verse 18, let's see, where do I want to, let, Verse 17, we'll start there. John chapter 21, verse 17. He, Jesus, saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, thou me? He was grieved, because he said unto the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto the Lord, Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. That was a pretty good answer. Jesus saith unto him, Feed sheep. Verily, 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 truly, I say unto you, you, when was young. Now, remember last time that Jesus, Jesus said to Peter? I just read it way back. What did he say? He says early, by the time the cock, the cock crows, you will have denied, denied me times. Here's another one. He says, verily, verily, verily are truly, truly. Did you think, you think, think Peter remembered, remembered what he said the first time? He said, truly, truly. I think it. Here we go, verse 18. Truly, truly, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy and another shall gird thee and carry thee thou wouldest not. not. He said, actually, a future of his, of his, what would turn out to be a, a crucifixion. But did you see the word? You will, will be old. Peter was not old. He was chained between two guards. Peter sees himself totally in the hands of God. Totally. Do we ourselves that way? <clears throat> Elijah. <laughs> man that believed what he prayed. Thy be done. When we pray that, that, he literally is teaching us how to triumph in trouble. How to be perfected through it. Think of Paul. We'll not turn there, but there. But Second Corinthians twelve. Remember Paul? He, he was afflicted with uh, thorn in the, in the flesh. How did Paul pray for, for that to be removed? Three times. Why didn't he pray the fourth time, and the fifth time, and the sixth time? God answered him. He got the message. In fact, he told him, "You're going to keep that thorn in the flesh, is it so you don't exalt yourself?" important for me as God, God, no, that would be the most horrible thing for you. This pen, the whatever, is going to keep, keep you from that. Therefore, I know it's best for you, I'm, a, I'm asking you for my will, will, to be will. And Peter said, I'm going to pray about it again. 
that, that you will. See, sometimes we pray, we pray, we think, we pray about things that we don't need to be, pray, be praying about. There's things in God's word that we already know it's his will, right? We waste time praying about, about things we know aren't really up in the air. That's what I like about Paul. You know, now do you think, think it hurt him less a year from then or years or whatever it was? No, it's not. But he was, but he was come knowing that God was doing the best for him to keep him in the closest position to God and his will that he possibly could. That's being very comfortable with God's will. What we need to be is comfortable God's will. Now, I'm not going to say his will, his will comfortable, but when we're comfortable with his will, then anything can, can come, and we're okay. Because okay. we will try in that trouble. Think of uh, three of They had a handle on this. They were ready for anything and open to anything. We in Daniel chapter, chapter 3. They had those cool name, names. Shadrach, Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Remember the little kids, you know. <laughs> they said, see, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. <laughs> <laughs> but they knew the story, right? They, they knew this, this story. Let's go there for a moment because, because uh, <laughs> some, of the, some of the things that overpower our sense tenacity, maybe our st- stick-to-itness, and maybe the power that is on the other side. Where am I going? Oh, yeah, Daniel. That's where I go. We're going to go to Daniel. Daniel. Chapter 3. Let's, let's Daniel chapter 3 for a moment. We're about to wind down here. Daniel chapter 3. And you know the furnace, furnace story. They were supposed to bow or they've thrown into the end of this furnace. We're going to, we're going to get right into it. And he is major ticked off. Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the most, the most powerful man in the world. Uh, this would be somebody that, that maybe you could say, could we, we work it out? <laughs> in fact, he even, he even uh, Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do, do not you serve my, my God or worship the golden image which it shut up? Now if, you, now, if you be that at what time you hear that the sound of cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, okay, it's cool. cool. You can get out of this. This is your, your choice. Remember, you know, guys, I'm telling you, telling you that if you, but if you want, you should be cast, be cast power into the midst of a burning, burning furnace. And who is that God? The God that deliver you out of my hands. hands. Pretty, I mean, woo, woo, the guy, right? He's the guy. Did it, did it phase these three? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said to king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we, we are not careful to answer thee in the matter. We really don't care, care who you are. It wouldn't matter if you were the man in the moon. There's a little, there's a little bit of prayer thing on there. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery, burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Did you see that? He could, could deliver us from the furnace, but no, no matter what, he will, will deliver him. What are they saying? Either we're going to survive on earth, or we're going to survive heaven. Either way, we have, been, we have literally been taken out of your power. I want you to get that, King Nebuchadnezzar. Our God is strong, stronger than you are. Any mo- moment of day of, of air. Did you get that, get that, King Nebuchadnezzar? Wow. wow. Not, in other words, if we're not kept from the fire furnace, knowing, O King, that, that we will not worship. I'm sorry, we will not serve, serve thy gods or the golden image which them not set up. And the, and the book's closed. It was done. And guess what happened? God, God spared their loss because he had other work for them to do. Now, the difference between, between 
other men and women in that day and age that were killed. Or, for instance, take James, the brother of John that was beheaded, and Peter was effectively gone. And he walks off the page to pay tax after that, after that miraculous, I shouldn't say escape, deliverance. You don't find him in Acts anymore. I don't even know where he went. We don't, don't know. We know that he was in another place, his wife, probably, probably, through Corinth. But the, but the matter is, what Peter spared? Why James not? That truly is within, within, thy will be done. God knows what's up. He knows best. He, he knows who needs to hear, hear whom. He knows who's, who's in charge. He knows every, every whatever it is that need, needs to be done to make exactly what he needs to have happened. But it's very interesting that he responds to, to prayer. There's no question that brought that angel, angel, Peter, to them. Let's take one more verse and let's look at how we need to continually have our minds renewed, which, which allows us to see the will of God. Let's go. Let's go to chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans, this has been a book that Paul... It's, it's, enormous, it's enormous. You can literally months, years, first, first chapters in Romans. And we get to chapter 12, of it's seat you. I command you. You should do this because... 12, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter verse 1. I beseech, beseech you, therefore, by the, by the mercies of God, that you, that you put your bodies a living, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be, be ye transformed, renewing of mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, there's a sequence there. If we're, if we're conform world, then that really, really takes us out of being re- a renewed mind. When we do not have a renewed mind, we cannot even possibly understand what the perfect, good, good, acceptable will is, is of God. That's very careful. And is it, is it, how easy is it to be conformed to the world? Oh, my goodness. It's so easy. It's amazing how the world is just p- pushing on, right? It's just, just pushing us. Taking and the more and the more harm to this world, the less likely we are to understand or even know or even be able to even, what's the right word? Um, oh, to discern, discern God's will is. But when we are, how does, how does the renewing of your mind take place? How does it happen? God's word with the Holy Spirit working in you, in you to take that and literally changes your mind, your mind so that you can see, see what will is and then aligns you up with it as you pray. You see how this fits? And I'm going to be the first to say it is so easy to be, to be conformed to this world. So easy for it to take, take control of us just a little bit, bit at a time. That's what I love about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was no world in those boys. There was no world in those boys. In fact, if there, were, if there was ever a chance for someone, someone to have somethingness in them, that, that was a big scenario. And in fact, Nebuchadnezzar said, more chance, guys. I like you guys. I really actually do like you guys because I remember you were the sharp students we got, got from there and trained you, and you, and you guys were like believably, believably cool art. Come on, guys, wake up just one time. Just bow down and it's over and we go on. 
No world in those boys. Boys. You jump in a river, in a river it's easy to float down, downstream. Yeah, <laughs> downstream is easy, isn't it? Yeah, it's real easy. Yeah. No work. No, no work. And I think how dangerous a situation we find us today. I'm not just talking, talking the United States, talking the world. How easy it is to become conformed. It's so easy. And you know what? It's almost like our attitude should be when thy will be done. I hope, I hope I'm not listening right now. But one of the things that Jesus Christ, he was always a sense of rebellion against evil. We need to have that same attitude as we're praying for thy will be done on earth, earth as it is in heaven. We are in a war. And we need to reject evil at every phase. We need to be, we need to love the things God loves and hate things God hates. hates. That's how we, how we never will be formed to this, this world. Because, because the renewing mind makes sure, sure, we're lined up with God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the day. Thank you for your will. Thank you for, <laughs> you, for you showing us. Thanking you for, for caring about us to know, know what will is. Thank you for the word of God, which is lasted. It will last forever. It will never come to an end. Here we are, being, being able to use a see more clearly what you want us to do and thinking of that disciple not unnamed but what a perfect question to ask could you teach us to pray those words words are for us as well uh, often read the lord's prayer sometimes we say it sometimes we sing nothing wrong with that at all father father you gave us at a framework a skeleton to hang on the things things that you want to make sure sure Part of our prayers in, in, in include seeing our Father as a source. Hallowed be thy name, a sacredness, holiness, Father, that all of you are. Thy name come the sovereignty of your, your king. And, t- and today I've looked at the superiority of thy will. Father, may you help us. You know we're weak. You know us better than we know, we know ourselves. But the Spirit is as actively the Word of God to renew us, to renew our minds so that we see more clearly your perfect and acceptable will of God. Father, we just lean on you. We're, th- we're thankful for all you have accomplished, particularly, particularly the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It allows us to be here in a victorious, glorious manner. There is nothing, literally nothing, that can separate us from the love of, of yourself, yourself, Father. If we've, we've trusted Christ Savior. What a thought. What, what a thought. Father, teach us. Help us to be what you want us to, us to be. In our, our journey of life. Eat, Father. We, we may not have been fully your will, will at any given time. That's why we can continue to pray without ceasing. But we ask that you would unfold. Just enough of your will for, for us to act upon what we, we know to be, be true. And you will, for all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That verse is true. It rings loud and clear. Father, we give give you everything that we have. Thank you you've done for us. In Christ's name, amen. More verse that I just had said, and I was literally going to close, close I'll read it to you. You might, you might write down uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 37. And verse 4, Psalm 37, 4.
Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. That's literally getting his will in your life. And the desire then will, 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 will unfold. That's God's will in our lives. Again, written by David.